Have you subscribed to the OTB Football Podcast? You think that there's a good chance, I suspect, that Antonio Conte is the man. Tottenham finished second. Ooh. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. The Premier League is back this weekend and we're delighted to announce that Off The Ball has agreed a new three-year deal for live and exclusive Premier League commentaries every Sunday uh, of the Premier League. Uh, Starting this Sunday, we will have a double header. At two o'clock, we're going to bring you Manchester United against Brighton. Myself and Brian Kerr will be covering that one. And then it's West Ham against the champions, Manchester City. Kenny Cunningham alongside Stephen Doyle to look ahead to the new season. We're joined by the former Republic of Ireland striker, David Conley. Good morning, David. Good morning, lads. How are you? Uh, very well. We're going to talk about our title winner, top four, bottom three, players to watch, all that usual sort of stuff. How much of all your predictions hang on Erling Haaland? <laughs> um, I'm dreadful at prediction, predictions, but um, look, I, 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 you would imagine he's going to score an absolute bundle full of goals. Um, and if you, if you say anything different, you'd be crazy. However, um, you know, there was a couple of signs, I guess, in the Community Shield where Maybe, you know, you, you've got to remember he's playing with the, the, the player with the best brain, arguably, in the Premier League and Kevin De Bruyne. And um, maybe a couple of times he didn't quite make the run that, that De Bruyne was looking for. So it will take time, I think, for them to gel. But, but nonetheless, um, you'd imagine he's going to be, you know, the runaway leader in it because they create so many chances. He'll, he'll be the top scorer. I, I'll be amazed if he isn't. Wow. I'm not sure about that. Wow. Really? I, th- I mean... I, th- I think City just creates so much. I, I think uh, I-, I think I think he'll be the top scorer. The, yeah. the, the, the strange <laughs> dynamic with City is like, how many goals can you score, and how many more important goals can you score? So last season they scored ninety nine. The year before eighty three. The year before one hundred and two. Like they've always scored an well, enormous amount yeah, of it, goals. Yeah. So. I, I, I guess it's in terms of the difference his goals will make and will they take away from goals elsewhere well, around the pitch? I look at, put, put it like this, lads, right? The amount of times I would work on games with Man City and he'd have... Uh, he played Phil Foden as a nine v Brighton. He played uh, Jack Grealish as a nine against Watford, mm. right? Uh, none of them worked. He played Jesus as, an, as, a, as, a, as a winger. Never played him down through the middle. I mean, he's an out-and-out goal scorer. I know it's only pre-season, but obviously he's banging the goals in for Arsenal. My point being, you put a centre-forward in that team, and last season, I think, was the first time someone got into 20 for them. You go to season before, I think it was only Gundogan that got in the double figures. You know, the goals are spread around the pitch. You, you, you know, that's only because they had to be spread around the pitch. I is it, or is, is, is that not is that not the Guardiola way that actually no. he wants that patient style of football that that may frustrate? Because it, listen, um, the, the problem with the Community Shield is everyone's reading so much into one game, and like there was the De Bruyne getting frustrated with Haaland not making the run. There was Haaland getting frustrated with De Bruyne and not picking out when he did make the run. That City are so used to being patient to holding on to it, whereas Haaland that may actually suit him to be the center of everything and to go through him quickly. And like that's a, is that not a big change in style for City? No, because I think they'll play. They can play a couple of different ways. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, teams are traditionally will sit in against them, and then you have got to break them down. But I mean, the delivery they get from wide, the quality through the middle of the pits, able to hit balls long. And I, I'll be amazed if he's not 
top scorer. He's eleven to four actually. Um, he's, I was just looking at him. Salah has been usurped as favourite for the first time in a few years. I, is, would you have any concerns about Salah this season in terms of him being the player that? No, I think Salah. There seems to be concerns about him ahead of every season, mm. and I think he is still one of the most underestimated players there's been in the Premier League. Which is recently. mad, yeah. He was by far and away the best player on the pitch in the Community well, Shield yeah, at the weekend. It, like his touch his touch was consistently uh, uh, unbelievable. I think he just I think he tailed off a bit last season, Dave, but the, my problem with Salah is that he plays so much that he does need a break and fairness he has had yeah. that. Yeah, you you're right. I mean look, they don't have the African Cup of Nations this this year. So that, that that's that's one thing. Um and he's I not think, going to the World Cup. Yeah. He's not going to the World Cup, exactly. Now, if you go back to his form after the Africa Cup of Nations, you know, he played four games, all went to extra time. He looked absolutely dead on his feet. Um, Mr. Penn, a contrast with Sadio Mane, who obviously came out of the African Cup of Nations on a high, and, and he just flew after Christmas. And ironically, I think it's Jurgen Klopp's loyalty. I looked at this, why did Mane leave? <clears throat> you know, and the amount of times that Klopp had to make a change or wanted to make a change in in the striking department and it would be Mane the one to come off. I think in the end, Mane just got fed up with that because of Klopp's loyalty to, mm. to Salah. So I think he wanted to go and be the main man. Like, I'm the one that always stays on, which you'll get at Bayern Munich, which he, you know, Jürgen just, just had, had Salah. So, but he very, very rarely came off. And the amount of times they would score late goals, Liverpool and 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 Mane wouldn't be there, certainly in the first little part of the season. So, um, look, I think Mo will still score goals. I think he's an ultimate pro. I mean, he's he's built for football, very durable. He'll always be fit. He's never injured. He'll be up there challenging, of course. Can we have a seasonal match bet of a steak meal that Salah gets more goals than Haaland? <laughs> we, yeah. Uh, well, I, do you know what? I'd love him to, but I have a feeling I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with... But, well, you know, you might be right. I mean, because Salah... Hedging his steak meal here. Well, He's I think proven. you see David yeah. understands well, that he eats well, his steak in a better well, restaurant than you yeah, do. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Quite a lot. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> maybe, a, maybe a happy meal somewhere, <laughs> just in case. I'm not that confident. It'll always it be a happy meal. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. City have, like, they've made, in a way, quite radical changes with Haaland coming in, letting like Raheem Sterling go to one of their rivals, uh, Gabriel Jesus going to another strong Premier League side. They've also brought in Calvin Phillips. It'll be interesting to see how that works. Is it a you know one in one out with himself and Rodri every second week, or can they play together? It doesn't look as though they're going to sign Kukurea at this stage. That he's going to go to Chelsea. Are City stronger heading into this season than they were at the end of last season? I, I think it's a good question. I mean, what I would say is, you know, um, I wonder how happy the players are there. Mm. You know, because I said this last season, but you know, he didn't even know the manager that Fernandinho was going. Fernandino didn't even tell him until he, he said it in a press conference, which imagine that, you know, you're, 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 I think he was club captain, mm, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine that you're club captain, not telling your manager, which to me spoke volumes. Jesus couldn't wait to leave and go and play. Um, uh, uh, Jack Grealish looks, you know, half the player that he was because he's never played wide. I mean, and when he has, he lasts 60 minutes. So, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if they are stronger. I think the addition of Calvin Phillips is, is, is a superb one, especially for the money. Um, but I, I think they are stronger, in, in essence. Harlan coming in, Calvin Phillips coming in. Um, I, I think they are stronger. But it just shows you, I guess, maybe some clubs might have kept hold of, 
of Raheem mm. and, and been even stronger. But it just seemed like Pep, I don't know, he has that way. I think he can lose players by the looks of it, and and they can they can kind of that's true as well, to move it? on a little. Well, there's bit, the intensity. Yeah. Listen, yeah. both these managers, the intensity uh, and the pressure they put on you every single week. That that the success they've had, maybe some players. I think Liverpool, Liverpool, Liverpool seems more enjoyable though. Like absolutely, um, you know, I think I I definitely got the feeling, David, that Sterling. Like I'm not sure he was overly happy there for some time. I no, think he, no, yeah. Um, the Guerrero comments are interesting. The back of well, the Well, Aguero, Aguero's been talking talking about Erling Haaland, saying he had a bit of a rude awakening. He was too used to Germany. Haaland thought he was alone. Then Van Dijk arrived and said, "Welcome to the Premier League," <laughs> uh, which is interesting coming from Sergio Aguero. And again, like it's not a done deal with Erling Haaland, and we don't want to get into well the quality of the Bundesliga, mm. but he was the big dog there, and he's also not going to go up against defenders of the quality of Virgil Van Dijk every week. But it's in the games against defenders of the quality of Van Dijk, they're going to need them because, like City, we know, batter most teams. They'll score goals against most teams. So is he going to be, is he going to be clinical in those matches? You have to assume he is. Like, I'm, with, I'm with you, David. Like, if he stays fit, he scores 25 goals this season. Well, look, put it like this. I mean, he, it's not as if he, um, he, he's only just wanted a central striker. Last season, he tried to get Harry Kane mm. and he didn't. So, you know, for him, they, they've been made, amazing they've made do without a central striker, you know, to be honest, uh, uh, for, for two seasons. So, um, you know, but it, it is one where we've seen an awful lot of Erling, you know, scoring great goals and bullying people and getting in behind, etc. Um, you know, Pep demands an awful lot of his players. His coaching on the side is, is non-stop. I mean, the times I've seen Jack Grealish and the like be berated by him in terms of he's not playing that role the way he wants and he's pretty ruthless he'll take him off you know whether he's a striker's coach I, I, I don't know because you know he'll take you off after 60 minutes and you think ah whereas I think Jurgen Klopp got it right with Nunes starting him as sub you know mm. coming on in the, in the community shield because if he'd have started he would have come off and then if you start and come off he'll, he'll be called a failure you know and um, you look at the amount of times clubs sign strikers oh, I've been a striker myself the best way sometimes to get a goal is often coming off the bench mm. and then and then you, you're integrated gradually. I mean, now the weight has lifted. I, I thought just thought that was really good management from Jürgen. You didn't want to stack those games, David. <laughs> <laughs> Better <laughs> off the bench, to, uh, Yeah. Uh, well, you know, y- y- there's something in that, right? Because if you'd have started that, Pressure. people were... Yeah, you're looking you know, over your shoulder. Yeah, and people pre-season saying his touch was terrible, looking at video clips and all this sort of stuff. You know, but before you know it, you know, instead he comes off the bench, spaces are a bit bigger, he's involved in a couple of goals late on, and bang, you know, he, he's hit the ground running a little bit. What's your front three for Liverpool, actually? Well, if it, if it was if it was me, I, I think I think Louise has to play. I, lo- I love Jota. And I love Salah, and I and I reckon that would be my three. Mm. There's so I don't many know about options you. now. Like they've so many options, and like Matt, like one of the question marks over Liverpool is like Mane going, and like the debate around the front three has been interesting with Liverpool for years. That's why I often feel Salah has been underestimated. It, mm. you know, Firmino always got this huge credit. He's the one who links everything together, mm. and like Salah and Mane is the one who provides the energy and that real fight and sets the tempo of that high press. And now Mane is gone, but. Like they've got the replacement already. 
mm. in Diaz like Diaz was one of the best players in the league now I know he was very quiet in the Champions League final but mm. like in the last 3-4 months he was exceptional and seems to have that little bit of bite and nastiness in him as well, well and wing. the work rate uh, it, a lot depends on Nunes like Jota faded a bit it se- seemed when when Diaz arrived in and uh, the goals weren't quite as plentiful he's coming into the season with an injury like there is an opportunity there for Darwin Nunez if he can start quickly that it's quite straightforward for Jurgen yeah. Klopp again that it's, it's that front three there's so many games it's such a crowded calendar like everyone will get a chance but that maybe that becomes the new front three for Liverpool quite quickly well I, I think look I think there's not a little bit of disservice but that, that number nine role whether it's Firmino who you know He's just incredible with the ball at his feet, but obviously we know he doesn't maybe score the goals, whereas Jota, when he came in, he was absolutely sensational. He was sensational. You know, all sorts of finishes and goals, ruthless as as that central striker. And when I mentioned Luis earlier, that's obviously Luis Diaz. You know, he was kept a little bit quiet um, um, in the cup final. You know, he was kept a little bit quiet. He faded a little bit in that game, but I think second season around, he'll be even better. So, for me, Jota gets the starting role. And, Nunes and I think, is the David Conley of the team then? Well, I think Nunes... Bench. Ha- yeah, I think he has to... I, I think it's sensible to integrate him like that because, you know, he's just signed a new deal, Jota. He, you know, he'll get plenty of games this season. As you say, they all will. But for me, first choice front three, Jota's in it alongside Salah and Diaz, Luis Diaz. Right. I, I, I think just finishing on City, I think that Grealish uh, future is so interesting mm. because... If Haaland plays as the nine, Mares is the main option on the right. Now, maybe he can play one of Foden or Grealish on the right-hand side, but if Foden and Grealish are fighting it out for one spot on that left-hand side, like, Foden's going to win that battle every day of the week, David. Yeah, he will. Um, could you see him that, Could you see him playing Grealish a bit deeper this season? Um, I I don't think so. My, my worry for Jack is where, where exactly he will he will get into the team. I mean, it is a. I think it is a concern for him because I think he's tried to shoehorn shoehorn him into the team at times last season, and it and it and it didn't it didn't quite work. So, if you're looking at City's first choice eleven, would he get in it? I'm not sure. Mm. Uh, who's winning the league then? City. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think they will. I think they will, but I, I think I think Liverpool will run them close. Um, a lot of people feel that Tottenham are the team that can run the two of them closest. If it turns out that the loss of Mane and Haaland coming in completely unsettles thing, and there's an opportunity that you know Tottenham have had an incredible depth. I was I was trying to do my fantasy football team yesterday, Johnny, and I was looking at the squad, sleep, and they've right. got about they've got about eighteen defenders. It turns out now, mm. uh, it, huge depth. I, I still sort of feel that we're four games away from Conte having a complete meltdown, and all just uh, breaking up at Tottenham as the way it generally seems to. But when you look at Tottenham. Compared compared to, to where Chelsea are and things can change over the next 30 days of the transfer window with Chelsea uh, what's happening at Manchester United and even with the arrival of Jesus at Arsenal is Tottenham the pick of those four? Well I think if you look at the manager you know and the impact he's have he had and and he's going to have even longer now like from the get-go the way they ended the season as well um, you know smashing I know obviously Norwich but nonetheless you know smashing Norwich Son in form Kane uh, I mean they look they look 
very, very strong. The only thing I'd say is I saw them a couple of times last season live and, you know, they were sort of, they struggled at times in the wing-back areas. I mean, you know, Doherty, I think, is is like, if it was me, I'd be playing him right wing-back rather than Emerson Royale. At times, I, I, I'm not sure on both Spurs wing-backs compared to, say, Chelsea's wing-backs, mm. you know. But I think when you have the players they've got, I think Bentancur is excellent, you know, Son, Kane. I mean, they've got, they've got real quality and they added to it. But I, I just don't know if their wing-backs are as good as other teams, the top, the, you know, your Chelsea's of this world, for example, or the full-backs of Liverpool. That, it's only when you watch them live a little bit, you, you see where they fall down at times. So we'll have to wait and see. What of the others then? Chelsea are the hardest, it feels, to figure out at the moment because like they've obviously brought in Raheem Sterling and he seems to have been a real target for Thomas Tuchel. Even in the last 24, 48 hours, they've been linked with four or five other players that could completely change the way uh, we look at them and there might be some outgoings. Timo Werner's been strongly linked with a move away. Romelu Lukaku is gone. Like, this time last year, we felt Chelsea were you know in a real position prime to challenge for the title. Have, have they dropped off that much? Um, well, I, I think certainly their form at the end, you would say they have a little bit. I mean, they're probably, I mean, they lost Kunde, which they might have wanted really that one to go through. I think Koulibaly is a good signing. I think Raheem will score lots and lots of goals. Um, but I don't know if they've totally solved that central striker. I don't, I, uh, I don't know what Johnny thinks, but I, I don't really think they have, um, you know, last season at times it looked like a bit like a bit like Man City. Really, they were they were often struggling to find that central striker or who would play that central striker or who would get them goals. You know, we all know Werner's quick; he runs in behind, but misses a lot of chances. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm not quite sure they've solved that. What's their ambition this season? It's kind of you know, you'd, you'd, you'd imagine at best sort of fourth. Would it be at best think, third? I wonder. I wonder, like if I think Arsenal would be like signing much better this season. Signing Sterling, uh, you know, gives them a. I still think Sterling, again, a player who maybe doesn't get the respect he deserves. Yeah, he's been exceptionally that. good, and I was surprised that City would still let him go to Chelsea. Um, I think their ambitions are still quite high for Chelsea this season. Now they're in a position where we thought in February, like, will this club exist? Come yeah. start of the season to Thomas Tuchel moaning about uh, not being given the money that he should have been given, and it does look as though like they've a lot to do. Like they've lost centre backs, they want to bring in more centre backs, they want to bring in full new set of wing backs. So let's see where they are come uh, the end of the window. We're going to talk Manchester United with Samuel Lockhurst in a few minutes, so we'll come back to them. Uh, I've been told to ask you about the bottom. Three. I hate asking about the bottom three because it's a it's the most difficult one to predict because most of these teams are going to sack their manager. Somebody else will be in by Christmas and it changes the entire dynamic of the bottom three. But it does seem, and something again, I just noticed when we're doing season previews, an awful lot of them teams outside the lot of top six haven't done a huge amount of good business. There's not too many standout players outside the top six in terms of arrivals into the Premier League. And a lot of teams down the bottom, like Bournemouth, like Fulham, are still in the midst of doing their work, the promoted sides. Uh, and Forrest, the complete opposite. They've signed you know, half a, uh, signed a dozen players at this stage. Uh, who are you quite worried about at the start of this season? Me. Um, I tell you what, I'm worried about, about, certainly about Fulham and Bournemouth. Mm. I mean, you, you mentioned Forrest and, and, you know, if you're, if you're, say, Fulham and you had Nico Williams who did so well for you and then, 
and then he goes back to Liverpool, then he ends up at Forest, you'll be worried. You know, they've only got two fit centre-backs, Fulham. I think they played Villarreal the other day, they only had 16 players. Um, if you go back to the last time they got promoted, they kind of kept with the same team and they ended up then by Christmas with a team of loanees. Scotty Parker brought in a whole raft of players, but none of them were permanent. And in the end, it, it seemed like it, it was a club that was just built on on guest players, really. And then when they got relegated, that's a build again. <clears throat> I, th- I think I'd be really worried about, about Fulham. Mitrovic will score the goals, we know that. And the next one will be Bournemouth. Because Bournemouth were built on the best defence last season, mm. but half of it's gone. You know, Kale gone, Cook gone, uh, Nat Phillips gone, back to Liverpool. So I know Travis on a new deal, that's good news for him, but... I, 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 I don't know. I think if you're if you're if you're Scotty Parker, I think you'd be worried. I think they lost to Bristol City preseason. He said he was he, he needed drastic improvement. And I think going up into the Premier League, if you're Fulham and you've only got 16 players, you've only got two centre backs. If you're Bournemouth and three quarters of your backline's gone, you know I think you'd be a little bit worried. The thing about just mentioned Mitrovic, uh, Mitrovic is as. Uh... I think he's one of those lads that like Dan would back him to be the the top scorer in the championship, but it's it's well he scored the goals in the Premier League as well. It's such a massive, massive step up. Memories again of that Serbia game. We go back to it, uh, but like this is just a massive step up. Will he score the goals? Yeah, well, uh, like, you can sort of feel that he's a very good international striker and a good championship striker because yeah. he, he just lacks that tiny little bit of pace that yeah. maybe you need in the Premier League. Like the, a couple of other teams that are interesting at the bottom, like Everton losing Richarlison. And it feels as though there's a very bad vibe around the club at the moment. You can imagine Goodison Park a month into the season and it's pretty hostile for everybody involved. And Leeds, who again have lost Rafinha, uh, their best player. Now, Patrick Bamford is back and seems to be playing really well in preseason, so maybe that changes things. But Jesse Marsh is another one who the Leeds fans don't seem fully convinced by. Would you be worried yeah. about either of those in terms of relegation? Yeah. Uh, I would. I mean, certainly if you're Everton, I think, I think he's the... It looks like he's the bookie favourite at the minute. Um, you know, Frank Lampard to to go down. Now I know he's they, they've made some good signings. Um, I think Dwight McNeil is a, is a really good player, but his actual numbers last season were were dreadful. You know, I know it, it was a season where Burnley went down, but but nonetheless, I think he had he had one goal, one assist, something mm. like that. Look, I think he is a good player. Make no mistake, but. He didn't have a, a great season last season. I think I think Frank will, will have to hit the ground running. Um, and I, I don't know, like Vinagre, for example, you know, we've seen him before at Wolves coming back into the into the Premier League, but he didn't play in the Premier League before, not that often, I don't think, for Wolves. Um, so I I certainly think I'll be I'll be thinking that Everton, you know, the fans there. I don't think it'll take them long to turn if they get off to a you know to a bad start. All right, David Connolly, always part of our starting team. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only place. It's the only place. It's the only place. Hopefully, that won't be replayed in a couple of months. <laughs> Remember when you said this, Nathan? Yeah, where am I, <laughs> uh, David? Great stuff. Cheers, lads. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. 